1: I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute. Hey, I'm ghosted. Hi, Roz. Eat me, please. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz. And, you know, we have a great show today. So I'm going to try to speak quick in this intro because there's a lot of wonderful stories from our listeners. But. Basically, I just wanted to share that it is the two-year anniversary of Ghosted this week, and um, I tried doing a little bit of math here. I believe we've done uh, 100 episodes, around 100 episodes. This is also the um, 15th listener episode, and so I wanted to celebrate and we're going to do like a little live show situation this Saturday. So I'll tell you about that real quick. And then I feel like I need to make a speech, right? So I'll make a speech. Um, but but first, okay, so here's what the live show is. Make sure you're writing this down. I've told you a little bit about this app called Stereo, which is so fun. I've been going on it almost every single day. It's basically a live podcast that i do with another friend i've been doing it with my friend sam and johnny and and my producer land and we talk about ghost stories and people send it to us and we can play their ghost stories live on the air and we talk about it and it's just been so great to meet new people and if you met me through stereo hello welcome uh so this saturday we're gonna do that it is going to be the 30th Of January, which is the official two year anniversary of this podcast. And um, yeah, it'll be at 7pm Pacific Standard Time. And I'll be joined by my producer, Land. And we're going to be talking about our favorite moments of Ghosted the past two years and hope that people will just send us in their ghost stories and we'll talk about it and we'll do at least an hour and I just think it will be a really fun thing and I would really like to introduce you guys to that app because I don't know what your schedules are like but I have a decent amount of free time and I've been going on there for at least an hour pretty much every single day talking about ghosts with people in a fun like interactive way and... I have just been loving it. I'm an official verified content creator on there. And um, I just, I hope you can check it out. I hope you'll be there. So you can get that information in the description of this episode. And I'll add, it's free. It's completely free. um, And it helps me a lot if you listen. So um, yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm just like... (laughs) I'm trying not to be emotional, but I'm just, I'm so proud of what we've created here that it's been two years. I don't know. That's a big deal to me. I am so honored that you guys tune in every week and that you have found me and that we have built this community of (laughs) like-minded people that like to talk about this weird shit and um i'm i'm so grateful for all the people that have come on the show both listeners and and all the other guests and of course i mean i couldn't do this without starburns audio and everyone there jessica our engineer Um, James, Jason, and of course, Land, my producer, who, if you've never met Land, you'll get to meet Land at that uh, live show that we'll be doing on Stereo. And um, yeah, Land and I have been working on this idea for over two years now, and uh, I could not do it without Land and the people at Starburns. And I also couldn't do it without you guys, like truly. This is, it's been really great for me, especially this past year. I mean, the second year of this podcast, the pandemic hit and we had to figure it out and we really didn't take any time. We just, you know, just kept doing it. And I know it was like kind of rocky there for a moment. Like the sound was bad and I was trying to figure out how to record on my phone from home, but we figured it out and, um, you know, it's been tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's it has its challenges to to book a show like this every single week. I mean, anytime you have to book any kind of show with different people every single week, it's hard. But then you add like, oh, they have to have a bomb ass ghost story and that makes it really tough. But I'm I'm also real picky. So I try my best to curate a good show every single week, and um, you're still listening, so I hope that I've done a decent enough job and you know, I get to do these listener episodes, which has been so cool just to know that anyone listens to this is is really um it means a lot to me it really really does it's it's been a big deal for me. And I don't think that I could have lasted this past year without going crazy if it wasn't for all of you showing me support. And, um, you know, I i mean, I don't even have, I <laughs> don't have jobs anymore. I used to have like a really full, busy life. And now I've put a lot of my life into doing Ghosted. And now I'm on stereo all the time and I do the Patreon and, you know, you guys, you guys support me so much, even just by listening, but everyone, you know, posting about the show and telling their friends and, um, you know, giving me suggestions of guests and yeah, you guys have just shown me so much support and it it means a lot to me because it's just been a, it's been, you know, risky just doing this. I put a lot of time into this and it really feels like it pays off when I uh, realize that people actually really enjoy this and they tune in and it's all worth it. This is in no way a uh, gigantic, you know, one of the biggest podcasts in the world, though I am very um, hopeful that it will be, I believe in this podcast, it will be one day. And, um, you know, I'm not rich from doing this podcast, but I'm going to continue to do it because I feel very passionate about it. And, I uh, you guys, uh, enjoy it. So, uh, hopefully it will continue to grow. And, um, as long as you guys are listening, I'm going to keep doing it. So, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's the end of the speech. Anyway, I'm talking to a couple of our listeners today. And I decided I'm going to do something new with our listeners, which is I, uh, I played an EVP with a listener, which I think I'm just going to do at random on listener episodes in the future. And I did it with Andy. And uh, the Patreon bonus clip this week is me talking to Andy some more. And Andy has a story about a time when he had a nightmare slash sleep paralysis involving a an entity that resembled Samara from The Ring, who is always popular in these scenarios and always terrifying. So um, go check that out on my second tier of Patreon. And also... Um, uh, my first year at Patreon, my video this week is a quick little video of me talking about the Whaley house and a little bit of footage of me walking around it. I mean, it's not open right now, you can't go in, but I walked around the property, and um, so that's something. I also wanted to tell you that since Valentine's Day is coming up, I mean, what better way to say I love ya than with some ghosted merch? And so we're going to do 15% off with the promo code LOVERAWS in all caps, and um, that's at that link to my uh, merch, which is, um, you can find the link in my Instagram bio or if you don't have Instagram, send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and I will send it to you. And um, yeah, 15% off promo code loveroz Also, if you want to be on a listener episode soon, please send me your listener stories with the subject line, listener episode. Just, you know, a brief little description of some of the stories and send that to also ghosted. By Roz at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. It is time for the two year edition, a listener episode two years in the making, the 15th ever listener phone call extravaganza. On with the show.
0: I'm great. I've been on pins and needles all morning.
1: <laughs> thanks for Just joining for me. Thanks. I love oh, the, thank you so much. I love the story you sent me. And you were talking about it's from the seventies. I was like, whoa, I haven't heard very many stories on this show from like the seventies.
0: Yeah, I've been sitting on this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, can and we hear the it's story? It's not like I've had sure. It's not like I've had a lot of experiences, but it was this apartment. Um, I moved in, in about, a, well, in, uh, 1976, it was a very cute apartment. It was stucco with a Spanish roof and it was upstairs. There were French doors in the bedroom and a breakfast nook. It was so cute, but it was creepy. It sounds it gorgeous. It was the kind of place. This
1: was in California, right? Berkeley. Oh, beautiful. Up, up
0: in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it was upstairs. I had my own private stairway and it was the kind of place where you wanted to run up the stairs because there was something behind you. Oh, all I the hate time. that. Yes. And if you wanted to sit down, there were special places in the corner where you would feel most comfortable. So you had to bet, you know, your back against the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it was just that way, but. I didn't have any haunting experience until I'd been there about 3 years. And then a very silly thing happened one night that everything fell off my um the shelf in my closet, everything. And um But
1: the the shelf didn't there, break, right? Or The
0: shelf didn't break, everything fell off. There was no earthquake, it woke me up. And um Anyway, it was kind of silly, but it was the beginning of things. That's when things started, because the next night I was woken up by tapping on the wall. Tapping, tapping, tapping. That never ended. It would just keep going, tapping, tapping, right by my head. Now, my bed was situated against the wall. It was just a mattress on the floor. The other side of that wall... Was that creepy stairway? Mm. So there was nothing there. there was no there were no neighbors, no outside, no water pipes, nothing to make that noise. And it just scared me. I, I scrunched down, I would grab my pillow and scrunch down, trying to get some distance between my head and the wall. This went on for days and days. and as at the same time, I started getting buzzed by mosquitoes, which is unnerving in the middle of the night. Were they biting you? No. Just buzzing my ear, just kind of going Nyeow. Oh,
1: that's annoying.
0: It is annoying, and it, was, it creeped me out. Are you um, the kind of person
1: that would think this is a ghost or, or something like that?
0: No. <laughs> no. I lived by myself all this time. I was not afraid of things. Mm-hmm. I just was like, that's creepy. I'm just going to do this. So um, I'd had nobody to get up and call in the middle of the night, the tapping on the wall. So this went on for a while, as I said. Then one night I got into bed, was had settling down, settling in, before I'd even... Relaxed in my left ear, I heard a woman's voice say, "Lizzie, mm. I'm here with you mm. As clear as I ever heard anything in my life. I jumped out of bed, I said, "Oh no, you're not <laughs> and i I went around that apartment. I was in full roar i was a mama bear i was going to protect myself in that apartment and um, i must have scared it away or it was a real weenie little demon or something <laughs> cuz it never came back
1: <laughs> well that's actually no- surprising i mean that's that's inspiring to hear because i i feel like you hear so many of these entities or demons or whatever that can't take a hint it's like, we're not interested. <laughs> like, you need I to told back you to up. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> creep. But this creep. one was like, okay, like, th- this must have been like first day on the job, like, new, new demon. They,
0: I think, like, they were just watching me and taking their time. And then they thought they'd do something. And then they were oh, I'm not going to mess with this bitch. So I'm just. <laughs> Forget it. i wait for the next tenant.
1: <laughs> now, wait. So <laughs> do you think that it was something? I mean, you did say about the you, you thought that the stairway was creepy this whole time. But do you think it was a ghost of somebody that lived there at one point? Or do you think it was something that you brought into the house by accident? Or where did no, it come from? No, I don't from? think it was
0: with me. I don't think it was with me. For a while, I thought maybe it was an ancestor or something. Yeah. That yeah. was visiting. But it was kind of a menacing voice so i don't think so i i really have no clue Roz. and then it just but it there all was stops. Else. but there was something else that happened in that apartment okay that i have to tell you real quick okay in the summer of 1977 in that same apartment i was getting ready to go to a job interview and pulling on my pantyhose out of my mouth come the words I'm going to see Mary Peterson today. Okay, it's not her real name, but she had a common name like that. Okay, so I'm thinking, well, that's weird. I haven't seen her since 7th grade and I don't know that I'm going to see her, so I don't I didn't think about it. I just said the words.
1: It was just like a name that popped into your head.
0: I said I'm going to see Mary Peterson today Verbatim So I got ready I walked down to the bus stop Took the bus Went down San Pablo Avenue In Berkeley it Turned up Solano Avenue And stopped Who gets on the bus But Mary Peterson oh, yeah. I grabbed her by the hand I said I knew I was going to see you This morning And Or today She Didn't look at all surprised. I I thought it was strange. She looked very sad. We walked to the back of the bus together, and we sat down, and we talked for a little while. She told me that she was in a relationship with a married man, and that uh, I could tell she was very unhappy. But my bus stop came up. And I had to get off after a couple of miles. And, you know, we said our goodbyes. And I thought, well, that was disappointing. I thought something more would would come of that. After having, having that kind of experience, I expected more, you know. So a few years ago, I looked her up. I remembered her middle name. And I looked her up. And I put in 1956, which would be the year that we both were born. And I found a grave. And it had her full name with her middle name. It said, born 1956, died 1977. So I think she might have killed herself. I don't know. And I, I, I hate to think that, but it's like that would be just amazing that would be so creepy now, I...
1: do you think when did you see her again
0: summer of 77 i remember that do you that think there's a possibility she
1: was a ghost or do you think
0: no she okay. was alive she was alive i think i think i saw her shortly before she died wow because we were <laughs> She was having this unhappy affair Mm -hmm. and I I don't know, I just I just had a feeling and I was the only person that came up with that that name with that middle name and I can give you her full name and you can look it up yourself if you want to, but I don't want to do it on the air right? because she might be alive. Yeah. I wonder what happened to her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But either way, like just waking up with someone random in your head and then seeing them, that is very interesting.
0: Yeah. Just any, and it was this apartment and nothing like that has happened to me. Since I left the apartment. So wow. I think it was in the apartment. So anyway So those since are my then stories. had
1: you had have you had anything paranormal happen since then?
0: Um not incontrovertible things like these. Mm-hmm. That was somebody's talking in my ear. That's yeah. something that nobody will ever convince me that it was anything different. And the same with this woman that I had a premonition about that nobody can convince me that it was something that wasn't beyond this earth. And I'm so grateful for these things because now I can, I, it's all open. I don't have to fear the beyond. I don't have to fear death because there is more. Mm -hmm. It's such a gift. Yeah. (gasps) There's a ghost in my house.
1: Hello, Andy. How Um, are you?
2: I'm doing so good. How are you?
1: Great. Where are you? What part of the world? I am. You're in L.A.,
2: right? Or San Diego. I'm in L.A. at the moment. Not too far from you. I'm in Hesperia. So like a third of the way to Las Vegas from you. Oh, the desert? The high desert. (laughs) Have you seen
1: aliens? I love talking to desert people about aliens.
2: No, but I am... This is like my fourth year living up here, and I uh, don't doubt that there are aliens that float around here because it just gives me that vibe up here.
1: Yeah. Well, I was reading your email, and it sounds like you have had all kinds of experiences, and you just like through so the way you were so nonchalantly in this email just like oh yeah and then like the, I've seen demons um I had a near-death experience can we just like I've got questions so <laughs> can we can we start with what happened to you when you were young
2: oh my gosh so um oh man it's kind of embarrassing because when I was like four years old um my parents and my sisters we frequented my grandparents' house in Mexico And they live right on this, like on a highway and across the street is this park that we just loved going to. And there was the the swings and all that growing up. So me and my sister, older sister went across the way one day and I decided to just run into the highway without looking both ways on our way back. And I literally got hit by a truck. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. So my cousin, um, he's like 10 years older and he said he was watching us from From my grandparents house and my sister both say that they swear they saw me fly like 15 20 feet in the air and i landed on the concrete face first um oh
1: my god so
2: that happened and all i remember was like going in and out of consciousness um like i remember waking up in in the car in the hospital and i just remember going to and from like consciousness and like and I know it's like so cliche, but like a white light, right? Like I just kept going in and out of that. So um, luckily I'm here to to tell the tale, And um, I really think that that was like the the precedent for me to be able to like be open and to experience things, you know, as I was growing up. So yeah, (laughs) crazy.
1: (laughs) I mean, do you, do you remember like physical
2: pain or like any of that? No, nope, I don't remember any pain. I just remember going in and out. No, nope, I, d- I don't remember any pain, any nothing like that. Isn't that crazy? I was it four really years is. old.
1: So you feel like this opened you up to the spiritual realm or, or, or what do you think?
2: Yeah, I really think that um, that it was a near-death experience and um, that it just made me sensitive to, to things. Like I don't, you know, like I don't want to claim that like I am a... Any type of psychic or medium, but I know that the things I've experienced aren't just like my mind playing tricks on me. You know, like I know I've seen tangible, experienced very tangible things that I believe are paranormal. Ooh, like what? Okay. Oh my gosh, where do we start? Okay, so after that experience, like coming back home, um, let's see. So we, we lived in a house in Pomona, which is like not too far from from la it's like out in the inland empire and the house was built in the 40s i tried to do some research um coming into this but i didn't find much but i i did find that the house was built in the 40s so there was some history there and um the house happened to be built on like a three foot subfloor so there's like three feet of space under under the under the house and um great place to hide bodies Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, guess where the opening to the sub sub floor was in our house? Where my closet? Ooh. So you know, I think it's a little mix of um, here as a little kid, like there's a hole to the sub floor in your closet, and like also just experiencing things that made me like scared shitless about yeah. that being in there. Um, so after, after that whole like near death experience happened, I did start experiencing like very creepy things. And like, as I was reviewing this stuff in my head, like going into today, like I just, Oh my gosh, I got like overwhelmed with emotions and, and, you know, chills down my spine. So I, I would start like hearing scratchy in my closet like at the sub floor and um very reminiscent of like an ASMR. <laughs> okay. But
1: not relaxing at all, but I imagine. Not
2: relaxing at all. No. And so I don't know why as a kid like I didn't think to like tell my sisters or my parents like I just like was like, "Oh, that's weird. Like that's kind of freaky." And is
1: it possible it was a raccoon or something?
2: Th- I think that I think that's how like I kept myself like at ease about it like oh it's probably a rat or a raccoon or something but it, it, it would happen so frequently and more frequent. Uh, obviously like it would just happen when I was it just happened to happen when I was alone like it never happened when my sisters were in my room or when anyone else was mm-hmm. in my room it just happened when I was alone and so um that would happen very very often and um at some point I started having these like really creepy nightmares where um like a a demon looking like all black thing with red glowing eyes and like these like claws I would I just have nightmares that it would come out of the subfloor like it would just like peek up um and and I would just have that reoccurring nightmare and at some point it progressed to like me waking up from that nightmare and then hearing my closet door like the handle just like open very slowly and then the door just like crack open just a little bit and i would and i i you know how like in movies and a lot of people will say when they're scared or see something like that their first instinct is to run out of like bed and get out of the room like i'm the complete opposite like i i would just like like lay there and stare intensely wide-eyed at like what was going on and i would see like a hand just come out of the door and like long claws just like I don't know, caress the door, but like kind of like in a very like threatening, like I'm going to get you type of way. And Yeah, it's
1: like a demon that knows what it's doing. Like it's like, I know that if I go real slow, I'm going to creep you out.
2: Exactly. And so I was just like scared shitless. I was until like I was just I would just watch until I fell asleep. Like that's just how it went. And some days I swear I would wake up and the closet door was just like, just as much open as it was when I was like experiencing that. Sometimes it would just be closed, but Roz, like I can reassure you that before I went to bed, knowing that I would experience those nightmares, like I made sure that door was locked or closed, you know, like closed all the way that it wouldn't just like swing open by itself. So that was just like, that was so terrifying to me as like a little four or five, six year old kid. And um, those dreams, those kind of nightmares just like kind of progressed into like more emotional uh, nightmares. Um, It's so crazy, and I think you've mentioned mentioned this before, but uh, about yourself too, but uh, my parents let me watch The Exorcist when I was like seven years old. Yes. And that was like at my request. I some kid at school was like, "You should watch The Exorcist. It's like not even scary. It's like funny." And I, I don't know what he's been watching, but not, nothing in that movie was funny. But my parents I know. like went and rented the movie. Did, did your parents rent it for you? Or like what? How did you run across I
1: that I saw movie? it. I saw like a amc or tcm like a, a cable edited version with like all the bad words taken out and like replace like how they used to do that on cable like replace the words um famously it was your mother darns socks in hell Right, um, <laughs> but then when I saw the real, I mean, it was, that was still terrifying,
2: nonetheless. Right, right. It, so, like, I don't know how or why my parents just like. My, it was my dad. He obliged. Like, oh yeah, you you're interested in the Exorcist? Like, oh, when we watched that when it first came out, like people were having teasers in the theater. Like, sure, I'll let you watch that. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. He, he rented it for me. And like, I remember that night, my sisters were like, I have an older sister and a younger sister. And they're like, no, we're, we do not want to watch this scary movie. And they happen to have a TV in their room. I didn't have a TV in my room. So I watched the movie alone in in their room. And um, it was like later in the afternoon. And I remember like when the movie was ending, it was already like kind of dust, like it was getting dark. And Rod's like, I remember this so well. Like the, the bed that i was on started violently shaking like earthquake shaking and like obviously like i got up and like i ran out to the living room and i asked my mom if she had felt the earthquake and she like looked at me like what are you talking about and i said mom like the the bed the bed that i was just i just like shook like there was an earthquake and and she was like no there wasn't and you're probably just like imagining things like you're watching that movie like you're just you know like typical mom play it off like you're just you're just thinking you know, experienced something, but I swear I was like, I, I'm getting like flustered just thinking about it because I remember that feeling of like the whole bed shaking and like, you know, it, it was, it was real. It happened. Like there's no doubt in my mind that it happened. And that well, night. I think
1: that when you watch a scary movie, you're obviously like on alert and you think that stuff like that could happen and it's possible your brain can play tricks on you, but also if we're to believe that demons or dark energies feed off of fear, if you're already fearful because of a movie or something you heard or um, having a podcast where you hear terrifying stories all the time, you're going to be uh, fear in a fear-like state, and maybe a demon will latch onto that, and, and it will know that you're going to think, oh, it's only because I saw this movie. Um, but it could be real for sure.
2: No, right. I, I, I really think that that's what was going on. And oh my gosh, I remember that night before I went to bed, like I looked under my bed, I looked in the closet, like with the light, sure there was nobody or nothing in there. Um, And, and after that, after I watched that movie, like the demon in my nightmares kind of took the the form of Reagan from the movie. Like it just, it just kind of got a little like out of control, but at the same time, it was routine. Like I started to know, to expect it to happen. So I guess it wasn't like as scary after a couple years. Um, The only thing I like, I really remember changing that like made me like scared after getting used to it is um, as I would just start having this reoccurring dream that this, demon thing like we'd be out on the street and it was like pitch dark like the street lights didn't work it like that it would kidnap my sisters um I don't know that's so like weird like the demon kidnap my sisters but I like I knew that the demon took my sisters in the nightmare and it would just like laugh at me with like sharp teeth and say like it's gonna get me next and then I would wake up and the progression instead of like seeing things is I would hear something like call and whisper my name from the closet And it was just like a and you know just oh. like calling mine i know i'm like getting chills and i was just like yeah and i like as i'm as i'm thinking about this i'm thinking how come i never like ran and told my parents or my sisters about this and i just i really think that they they would have just like brushed me off you know my parents and my sisters just don't believe in like the spiritual realm and the paranormal so i just i just didn't find that like to be an option but yeah that's that pretty much sums up like my experiences in that house um I I really do think that there was an like an entity or a spirit or something kind of evil because that it never felt like like an easygoing thing you know it made its presence known to me after I experienced that near-death experience and I think it knew that I could see it and hear it and um, it was terrifying. And I think it's it's worth noting that um, while we lived in that house, there were a couple other weird things that happened that like, you know, I can't attribute to it being because of that. But I mean, when bad things happen, like I assume that it's because of, of a bad energy or a bad presence, right? And so um, that house, um, luckily no one was at the house, but someone did break into that house at some point. And like, it's Pomona, like, ain't no, nothing like valuable hiding in our house. (laughs) And, um, and also, um, somehow like we love our animals. We've always loved our animals in our house. And somehow our little Chihuahua got out one night to the front yard and she was like mauled by like a pack of like three big dogs brought like right in front of our yard. I know it was, it was so sad and like, it was so random that like she got out like she was just always with us, you know, and one last thing that I'll never forget is one. Um, there was like a, a tall light post in front of our house and one night um, some like thugs ran their car into that light post and the light post like fell straight towards our house and luckily our front yard is very long so it never like hit the house But I just remember looking, like peeking outside the blinds and like looking at these guys, like the police luckily got there very quickly, but looking at these guys and there was just like something very like, very like weird and malevolent about them. And I don't know, like I just think back and I've grouped this all together and it could be that it's just random people that crashed into our house. But I like, I look back and I think that it all had to do with this negative energy in this house. Mm Ugh. So, I think
1: that's definitely possible. Yeah. Have you had ghost experiences, like with human uh, ghosts?
2: I have. Yeah, so um, we moved out of that house when I was about 12. And for many, many years, like through my teens, I didn't experience like anything close to, well, actually anything that resembled what I experienced at that house. So that's why I believe that there was something specifically like going on at that house. Because once we got out, I didn't experience anything like that. Um, I started what I believe like seeing ghosts or like human spirits around when I was like in high school because when both of my grandmothers passed away, I know that they came to me in my dreams. Like I I have no doubt in my mind that they came to me in my my dreams um, after they passed just to reassure me that they were in an okay place And um, I wrote a couple notes here, but um, like to me, like I've started to realize around that time and as an adult that like there's a difference between um, a paranormal experience and like a mind trick. And the way I know for myself that it's a different experience is that when I have a paranormal experience, like my grandmother's coming to me in my sleep or um, when I've had what most people would call sleep paralysis is I have like a physiological response to it. Like if I have a paranormal experience, I like I end up like tearing up often um, or my body just feels different as to when like, oh, like, did I just see that? You know, when I'm like questioning <laughs> if it was a mind trick. And I to me, that's how I know it, it's different um, around the time um, when I turned 18 um i began to like you know become a social butterfly and started going out a lot and my parents were kind of strict with us and they didn't like us staying out late or going out partying or like any parent but they were they were honestly they were very strict and so i was a little defiant you know i was like a little a-hole to them and um i think that i was inviting like negative energy and negative people into my life and that's when i started having serious sleep- paralysis. And what's funny is, um, I listened to the podcast, and you mentioned it a lot. And a lot of people, guests have mentioned that they have sleep paralysis only when they sleep on their back. But I only have sleep paralysis when I'm sleeping on my side. I've never had it on on my back. Um, So that's kind of weird, because hearing that everyone else has it on their back is like whoa that's kind of creepy because i
1: don't i know i hear it i hear it on the side too i hear it the least on um when people sleep on their stomach but i've i've honestly i keep hearing it all different ways so uh, <laughs> i want to do something fun i've never done this but i think you want to listen to some evps with me <gasps>
2: Roz, you're gonna invite me to do this. I'm so excited. Yes.
1: Yeah, let's do it. I've never done it with oh. listeners, but let's do it right now. EVPs or EV please. Um I've just been thinking about how we should. Why not? Um okay, so yes. I'm gonna do this. Um this one I found on YouTube. It's from Joseph Fontaine. And it is at a, it just says it's at a residence in Rhode Island. It's at some haunted house. What do you hear this ghost saying? Okay, wait, let's try again. Oh my gosh. Can, could you hear anything?
2: Yeah, I hear something in the lines of like, um, something that I want to run away. Something like that, or go
1: away. Here, I'll play it again. Run away. Yeah, it's definitely like a sentence or or like a couple of words. Okay, here's some options. Is it A, it's all up to you. B, that's so not cool. C, (laughs) it's all downhill. Or D, what's that? P-U. I don't know. Maybe they smelled something bad. Option C. It's all downhill. It's actually, they believe it's A, it's all up to you. I hear it. Well, okay, so then I'll read you more. It says um, (laughs) that they captured this at a home with reoccurring intense negative paranormal activity. Many have blessed and cleansed the home, but still the negative spirits prevail. Although the voice you are hearing is not a malicious spirit. We believe it is someone else warning us that we should not give up on saving the home by speaking this message. So, um, I guess it's a good spirit being like, it's all up to you to get these bad ones out.
2: Yeah.
1: I've been
3: ghosted too. Hi, Jen. Where are you? Hi, Roz. I live in South Central Minnesota, I guess.
1: Whoa. Uh, yeah, well, th-
3: it's really rural, Harold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Um, I was hearing Thank about you how me. you've had some, like, premonition dreams. What is going on with that?
3: I don't, I don't really know, is as far as I know, it's not like a past from one generation thing. It just kind of started happening to me when I was probably around nine or 10 and I didn't know what it was. And, um, unfortunately the first person I asked what, you know, this is about and explained kind of made the whole situation very negative. So, I just didn't talk about it a lot and just kind of tried to ignore it and move on with life as best as I could. Yeah. But um, I think I was about 16, 17, where I kind of started to have more of a curiosity like, this can't be normal. (laughs) And uh, started doing some digging around on the internet and discovered that I'd been having what's called precognitive dreams, where you'll dream about the event and then you'll be going about your daily life and all of a sudden, a sound or um, something you see just triggers. It's almost like a memory, but it's not. You you remember dreaming it, not doing it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one I, I, I talked to you about in my email was, uh, it was about nine ten. 10, came home from the races with my family. And there was this just weird shrieking going on in the dark. You know, it's, probably 11 o'clock at night, and we couldn't figure out what it was. My mom gets the flashlight, turns on the porch lights, and uh, right at the time where she's, like, getting brave and going to look underneath the deck, I just, I literally hit my knees because it was like, mm, I just lost my balance kind of almost. It felt like that sensation you get when you're, like, seasick or you have some sort of um, inner ear imbalance mm. you just like can't find your body can't find like the horizon kind of thing and um i just had this like flash of what my mom was gonna say what had happened like i saw all of the next couple of minutes and i was like i remember dreaming this i remember dreaming it because when i woke up i thought that was weird and i just it was a weird dream and just went on with my life and then come home six months almost a year later and it happened and um, my cat had got itself wound in these outdoor blinds um, the cords and if we'd come home any later she probably would have uh, choked herself to death basically And, and I, so she
1: was the one that was streaking, that was not streaking, shrieking.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was the cat, like a cat's screaming. It sounds remarkably like a woman sometimes,
1: Yeah, especially
3: if they're like super panicked. Um, and I didn't realize that until, gosh, I think I was watching a nature documentary when I was a teenager and I was just like, oh, I've heard a sound like that before. It's a cat. And I'm just like, yep, that's right. <laughs> I continued to watch because of that. <laughs> so
1: you had a dream that um, I mean. So it sounds like you had this like premonition that you're going to have to that when you hear the sound, it's going to be something that is going to need attention, right? So I'm like, it was a uh, it was something to, that w- that was helpful, right? Right. That
3: um, in that instance, yeah, it, it was. Um, but sometimes they're just uh, pretty. Generic, like, I'm just like, I know I dreamt this, but I don't know why I dreamt this because there's no real purpose to this dream. Um, Mm -hmm. An example would be uh, getting on the bus at prom and seeing the pattern of the carpet and just knowing what was going to happen for the rest of the night. Nothing big happened, nothing important happened, but I remembered that, you know, this is going to happen between these two people. These people are going to dance, these people are going to end up together, and we're all going to have generally a good time you know. And uh, on another instance, just driving down the road, I saw this little hill with a tree, a big gigantic tree, and just had that sensation like been here before. I know I've been here before, but I've never driven or lived anywhere near here before. (laughs) So it's just weird little stuff like that. It's never anything major like, oh, so-and-so is going to get murdered, and this is who did it. You know, nothing that could help solve a crime or help another yeah. person.
1: Well, it's very, like, um, Final Destination. Did you ever see the those movies?
3: Oh, yeah, they're creepy. They're very yeah. creepy. I think I stopped watching after the third one.
1: Yeah, the first one. Like, I always think about that plane crash of the first one where he, like, kind of sees it happening, and then it happens. Um, I don't know what I would ugh. do if I had a dream like that.
3: I I don't know what I would do if I saw something like that either. I've always wondered because, like I said, I kind of got a love hate, mostly hate relationship with sleep. So at least I have uh, until maybe about three or four years ago when I had a kid and I was the single mom, and it's just like sleep is life because I can't survive without it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: what what what's <laughs> and, the story about
1: moving into an old farmhouse with a? shadow man
3: um well um when i was uh, i think so yeah i just turned 17 um my dad and mom decided that they wanted to move which was fine because i didn't really other than like one or two friends i didn't really care for where we lived anyway it was just all i knew um and so we moved like four hours from Wisconsin to Minnesota in January. I wouldn't recommend, especially not here. And um, I was really excited because when we went to look at this house, I believe it was November, just before right around Thanksgiving. And I was obsessed. It was like my dream vision of the kind of house that I wanted. Um, and we were waiting, and I just couldn't wait to get in and look at this house. So when my parents finally and, you know, got it, everything settled and we're all set to move. I was really excited. I didn't care that I had to drive 45 minutes to an hour to a grocery store or half an hour to school. I didn't care. I was just, I wanted to be in this house. And uh, so we get there and my dad's an over the road truck driver at this time. And my mom is working. She hasn't started working yet. So I go to school for the first week and that's a entire like culture shock compared to what I was used to. And um, my sister was not on point with this move. She didn't like the idea of it all. She wanted to stay with her best friend, finish out school year and then start fresh at the beginning of the school year. So she was um, back in my hometown, I guess you could say. And uh, my mom had made plans to go pick her up so she could come and unpack her room and pick up my best friend since it was basically on the way. And then, you know, she would take them back on Sunday afternoon or whatever. So Friday when I got home from school, I was the only one there for the first time alone in the house. And it was just, uh, God, I'm going to age myself a lot here. I was on ICQ talking to friends back in the dial-up days and uh I got up because I wanted to get a drink and this house is basically a rectangular box and all the rooms connected in the very center and there were stores to could close off certain rooms that's how they used to keep rooms hot and cold in the winter um in the days before air conditioning and central heating and um I was walking from the study where a computer was and it was through like a little um entryway or not an entryway but a um a little the the meeting point where all the rooms came together on this on the main floor and um off to the left is the stairways um you go up a flight there's a big window in the landing you turn and you go up another eight or so steps to a foyer that was the word I was looking for a foyer and um I was going to go walk past the stairs and into the kitchen, which was straight ahead of me. And as I was walking past the stairs, a movement in my left peripheral caught my attention. So I stopped and I turned and I looked, expecting to see our little rat terrier on the top of the steps, you know, like whining. She didn't want to come down because that was kind of like one of her things. She'd go upstairs really easy, but she wanted to carry down normally that big flight of stairs but it was not the dog It it was a reflection in the window of the landing of someone standing at the top of the stairs and there was no details it was just completely black like you couldn't see through it you could see the light of the lamp uh illuminating like the outline of this person and Judging by the height, because I investigated afterwards, like I put my hand where I, I assumed the head was and I'm five, six, and it was probably at least a foot taller than I am. And it was wide, like, a, you know, it had like a man's belt, even though I couldn't see features or hair or clothes or anything. <laughs> and I just stared like in absolute horrified shock because I had Curious about the supernatural before, but I'd never really had anything of this magnitude happen to me. And um I felt like I was in a staring contest, and if I looked away first, something bad was gonna happen. So like my gut hurt, and it was telling me, you know, you can't run away. If you run away, whatever this is is gonna think you're prey, and it's fair game to fuck with you. Excuse my French.
1: Oh, that's an interesting and, thought.
3: And I just I guess like I, I don't it was just an instinct and it like almost hurt because it was locking me in place like that instinct. Don't move. Don't yeah. drop eye contact. And it makes sense because a lot of, you know, oh, mammalian predators. Are that way. Like if you run away or if you drop eye contact or if you make eye contact, you're basically initiating a dominance battle. So Right. Well, um, good for you,
1: especially (laughs) at such a young age to like pick up on that and stand your ground. Like I
3: said, it was pure bodily instinct. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of grew up in the fringe, not quite the country where farming happens or the forests and not quite in town like on the edge so i knew just enough about wildlife and nature uh-huh. not to you know hurt myself too badly so we didn't we did have bears a little bit in our area so we did have a little bit of knowledge about what to do if you see a bear
1: right um,
3: but this was not anything uh, physically I don't know if it's physical or anything, but it freaked me out enough that instinct just kind of took over. So I'm standing there having this staring contest. With, I call him a shadow man. I don't know if he was actually what you would consider a shadow person or if it was just something kind of malevolent or um, a little malicious. And it just didn't want me to know what it looked like. It was trying to scare me. Um, but I was staring at it and like locked frozen instinctually and about the time I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna grab my keys and I'm out of here I'll just drive around until I know my mom's gonna be home whatever I have to do you know because I didn't have friends I could just drop in on Mm -hmm. (laughs) my new friends I've known for a week so like most of them I didn't even know where they lived and uh the phone rang and I swear I, I must've had a miniature heart attack because I'm staring at something that scares me. And then the sound just out of nowhere. And it was like one of those old rotary phones that's super loud. So I jumped backwards, snapped my head towards the kitchen thinking that, you know, what was that? And then when I looked back, it was gone. And I was just literally like vibrating from the adrenaline, And I'm like, oh, my God, I I don't know what I'm going to do now. And I'm trying not to freak out. My mom's on the phone telling me they took a wrong turn so they're going to be even longer. And I'm just trying not to let her know that I'm panicking and freaked out home alone. (laughs) So I did what any sane person would do in that situation. Not. I closed all the doors to the stairway, turned on all the lights turn on the TV and turn the volume as loud as I could stand because if there was anything going on upstairs, I didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was not going to investigate alone. Well, you
1: were telling me that you've had like not scary, like not as scary, like happy family ones. Can you share some of those too?
3: Yeah, that house was definitely the more scary one. Um, My dad passed in 2010 of uh, pulmonary embolism um and it oh wow really made me restructure my entire universe after that and it was really hard because um if I had a question or I didn't know how to do something I could ask him and he would tell me either how to do it how to go about doing it or who to talk about to Mm to get something you know like he was the guy he was my google my personal (laughs) google (laughs) yeah and uh um, so all of a sudden I am planning a memorial service because my mom is just insoluble and she doesn't know how to do any of this. And my sister, yes, yeah, she was upset, but you know, it was her It's kind of the way it felt. So, um, I spent a lot of nights after that in my room, grieving quietly by myself, cold, always cold. I had to sleep with earbuds in with music flame just to shut my brain off. And I know there was several nights like that where I would just, I, I never saw anything, but I could just feel his presence. And it was warm. Like he was trying to be comforting. And then, um, that, that happened in March and, uh, very early summer, my mom and I decided we were moving and, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to go to Fort Snelling where his parents are buried and, um, surreptitiously and secretly leave a little bit of his cremations with his parents. And, uh, the other place that we decided that we wanted to do that (laughs) before we left the area was the speedway that my dad went to all the time. I kind of grew up on the racetrack because he was really into that until he got into trucking. And, uh, they were having a free race, a free fans night, so the races were free. All you had to do was pay for any concession foods or whatever that you wanted. And um, my mom and I decided to go, and we were gonna sprinkle in between turn four and the uh, start finish line, which you know any racer probably understands. <laughs> um, and uh, I was going to the concession stands to get food and drink, and I was on my way back and. I've seen my dad lean against the fence. It's like uh, one of those wood. It's not necessarily a fence. It's more like railroad ties stacked on top of posts to make... Um, a, I guess it is kind of a rough fence. It's not going to keep anything out. But I've seen him lean on that thing hundreds of times over the years. Just, you know, elbows down, hands tucked under. And... He didn't look at me, but I saw him on my way back. He was just, you know, wearing his favorite flannel, button-up, his white racing jeans, his racing hat. And I just stopped in the middle of a crowd of people coming back from the concession stands. They probably thought I was mental. And I just stared at him until a crowd of people walked in front of where he was standing. And when they moved, finally out of the way, he was gone and uh so I'm sitting there I'm like okay you can't cry you can't cry because mom will ask why and she doesn't believe in any of this so sitting there trying to wipe my eyes and not cry and and uh yeah he's, he's come to me a couple of times um so, since then
1: that's amazing though it's like he's in his happy place and I mean, he clearly wanted you to see him, even though he didn't look at you.
3: He was watching the races. He would never take his eyes off the cars that they were running. And yeah. so it, it didn't, you know, it was so like him. So it just didn't, it didn't even really faze me that he didn't look up at me or anything. So, but uh, no, I think he knows wherever he is when I'm having a rough time because he comes and visits.
1: Oh, that is so nice. And, uh,
3: that's the only time I've seen him when I've been awake. I've seen him several more times since I've been asleep.
1: Um, you mean in dreams?
3: Because, yeah. Um, probably about a year after he passed, I was at a a period where I was really questioning <clears throat> why I was on this moral, mortal coil anymore. And uh, he came to me in a dream and we were at a bus station and he was trying to put me in a bus and I didn't want to (laughs) go because he was going to send me back to my mom. (laughs) And uh, one of the things that is really weird is that when I have these dreams about him, when he talks to me, his mouth never moves, but I always can hear his voice.
1: Interesting.
3: And, uh, (laughs) yeah, he was sending me back to my mom because he said that she needed me more. Wow. I just remember I had my nephew in the bed with me. He wasn't even a year old. I woke up crying. And, like, before I could even register what was going on. He woke up next to me and started wailing, and I never heard him cry like that. I was just like, "Oh dear God, what did I start?" I'm sorry. Wow. So yeah, he's come to me a couple of times when I've been really, really low. And the last time, um, I wasn't asleep, but I didn't see him, and it startled me a little bit and I think it was more because it messed with my motherhood instincts (laughs) um my daughter started climbing out of bed like a crib at about uh 15 or 16 months so she wasn't even two years old yet and um I made the decision okay I'm gonna get her a bed because I don't want her to fall and hurt herself trying to climb up and over out of a crib that the crib that I had. So I got her a bed, and her routine was normally she would climb upstairs because my room was in the upstairs and hers was in the downstairs. So she'd climb the stairs in the middle of the night and she'd crawl into bed with me, which I didn't really mind as long as I was already asleep. I didn't care. Um, so one night I had just turned off my light and I was getting settled in, and my habit is to listen to comedians on like Spotify or something like that before bed, just so that I, I focus on what someone else is saying and not all these things that are in my head.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, I have a timer for 45 minutes and then it shuts off. And I had just gotten comfortable, you know, that moment when you sink into bed and you're in just the right position, covers are perfect. And you're like, okay, I'm good now I can go to sleep. And, uh, but I was not asleep. I heard my door open. It wasn't like closed, closed, but it was almost closed. So I heard it go across the carpet and gently bump the bookcase that was behind it. And then I heard it swing closed because my kid's obsessive compulsive and she closes and opens everything, drawers, doors, you name it. And I heard her walk across the carpet and felt her climb the footboard of my bed and get on the bed and then I felt something touch my leg and then when I moved my leg expecting it to like brush against her or push up against her there was nothing there so I like froze in fear because I'm just like oh it's going to take seconds for me to roll over and tap this like touch lamp that I have on my nightstand. And I don't, this just, this is weird. And then I felt the rub on my leg again. And it wasn't like, you know, somebody grabbing me um, violently or even inappropriately. It was just like a gentle squeeze. Like you're doing it. You're okay. Kind of reassuring, Mm
1: -hmm. but it
3: scared me because I couldn't feel the body it was attached to. Yeah. So I finally got up the courage, I rolled over, tapped the light on, and just sat up. And I'm like, okay, she's she's not in my bed. So I get down on my hands and knees, and I look under my bed. <laughs> she's not under my bed. I go downstairs. She's dead asleep in her bed, oh, no. snoring. And I'm standing in the doorway going, and she, she legitimately snores. And I'm just like... You were laying in bed and you felt this and you heard her snore over the monitor. And I just got the willies thinking about it standing there. <sighs> so I went, and I checked to make sure the dog and my mom were in her room and they were. So I was hoping I maybe mean, it was just the dog came in, jumped up and then just left. But I'm just like, all right, now it's going to take forever to fall asleep. And it was just sitting there and I'm like, okay, it was scary because you thought it was your kid and it wasn't. And you had that moment of start, like, where is she? When you finally turned on the light, um, but everything is good. It wasn't a bad touch. It just startled you and I was getting there, you know, like what's going on? And I'm like, okay, dad, it's nice that you came to visit, but next time don't touch me like that. Don't freak me out. <laughs> Come to me in a dream where I can see you coming, you know, like, <sighs> so. But yeah, that's probably been the most recent experience. Um, but you definitely felt that
1: it was him.
3: Yeah, once I calmed down because the, the, when you like turn on the light and you think it's, you think it's, you know, I thought it was my, my two year old, not even two year old daughter climbing in the bed with me, and I turn on the light and she's not there. Well, A, what touched me? And B, where is she? Yeah, (laughs) and it's just that like panic like okay i gotta go see where she is what she's doing and then when i get down and i'm looking at her asleep in her bed snoring and i'm like oh my god you were laying in bed this thing touched you and you can hear her snoring on the baby monitor (laughs) what's wrong with you how did you not put this together faster you know Uh. (gasps) and um so just like you know i had that going on and i was really stressed out about some other stuff with um her dad who's not in the picture and hasn't been for a long time and I'm just like oh I'm sure it's it was just my dad coming to let me know that you know everything may not be going the way you want it to right now but it's okay you're healthy she's healthy everything's fine it'll work out you know
1: god I love that I love that you guys still have that connection All right, special thank you to this month's listeners. We had Liz, Andy, and Jennifer. If you want to hear that special Patreon bonus clip of Andy talking about a scary nightmare slash sleep paralysis story... Go to patreon.com slash in my second tier. I also have that video of me at the Whaley House on there, my first tier on Patreon. And again, I hope you can join us for our little two-year celebration, me and my producer land on the app called Stereo, wherever you get your apps, and um, you just download it. You make a little cute little avatar. You make a little cartoon-looking thing of yourself. And you follow me, Roz Drezvelez. And we're doing that this Saturday, the 30th of January. And it is at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I hope you can be there. And if you are, please say hello or tell us a spooky ghost story. And if you have a ghost story to be on an upcoming listener episode, just send it on over to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. I am also on really all the places, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever. I still have not done TikTok. I'm working on it. All of it is at Roz And um the Facebook group, ghosted by Roz at gmail.com. I'm on Venmo at Queen Ra's. I am literally everywhere that I, there's so many ways to get a hold of me. So um, I love you guys so much. And I love hearing from you. And I so, so appreciate you. We did it. We made it to two years and we're going to here's to two more. So thank you guys. I love you all. Both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye.
2: A podcast. A podcast network.